Welcome to the Gals Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well, that's up to each gal. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Hello and welcome. It's March and it's safe to say that this is Gal's Guide favorite month of the year because we love Women's History Month so much we basically celebrate it every day. There are so many inspiring women of history that have been waiting in the shadows for you to discover and this month our gal pals are shining a light on their one cool thing that they really want to share with you so let's meet them. First up is the Gal's Guide Library Manager and Women's History Artist Bonnie Fillinsworth, tell the good people about yourself, Miss Bonnie. My name's Bonnie, and I do paintings of women throughout history. Right now, I'm working on doing 100 paintings of 100 suffragists for the 100th anniversary of the passing of the 19th Amendment. Sweet. (laughs) That's going to keep you busy. Yes. (laughs) And is awesome sauce. Next up is a newbie to the podcast, but she has been around Gal's Guide since its inception. She is the co-founder, Katie Harris. Welcome, Katie. Let the people know how awesome you are and what you do. Well, it's hard to follow up what Bonnie has in store and what project (laughs) she's working on, Um, but I'm very happy to be here. First time getting to do this and excited to share my one cool thing. My day job, um, I work with a really cool group of kids that have autism at a school and therapy center and I help them become prepared to be adults. Sweet! Yes! I love it, I love it, I love it. So next up is another newbie to the show, but not a newbie to my life. (laughs) It's my (laughs) husband, Joshua Leach. Thank you for coming in and covering last minute, by the way. Uh, Tell the good people about yourself. Uh, Like you said, my name's Josh, and I work for a market research company, and I love history and women's history, and especially like genealogy, Yep. and studying women in genealogy and where they go to when they get married and lose their original last name, and Mm -hmm. using the paperwork to hunt them down. Yes, exactly. And I know I immensely appreciate it because we've had some family members on my side that have disappeared and you have found them. (laughs) I love it. As for me, I am Dr. Leah Leach. Uh, For the last four years, I have been the executive director of Gals Guide and we are working on building our first independent women's history library in the United States. I absolutely love my job and I love this month. It's one of my favorite months. Also happens to have my birthday in it. So, you know, all right, sure. We'll go with that. Uh, But who... Wants to go first? Who wants to share their one cool thing? I'll go first. Sweet! Bonnie, you're up. (laughs) So I thought that I would share some of the the suffrage goodies that I found while doing my research for my projects. So all all the good bits. So I'd start off with Suffrage lightning round, 70 years of suffrage in under seven minutes. Oh my gosh, look at you. (laughs) It's like a a game show. (laughs) Just a quick background. Um, So the story goes, it started off with Elizabeth Cady Stanton and Lucretia Mott meeting at a abolition meeting in Europe. This was Elizabeth Cady Stanton's honeymoon. So they met there and they were not allowed to go into the meeting where all the men were. They were set up in the balcony, so they, they met and plotted, and they were like, we're going to do something about it when they get home. <laughs> yeah. 
So years later, they have the Seneca Falls um, meeting in 1848 in the summer, where they introduced their Declaration of Sentiments. And a few years after that, Amelia Bloomer introduced uh, Susan B. Anthony to Elizabeth Cady Stanton. So that's why Elizabeth, or that's why Susan B. Anthony was not at Seneca Falls if ah. she hadn't met her yet. See, and they were best friends for like fifty years, trying to get the rights for women to vote. Let's see. I do love their BFF story. It's one <coughs> of my favorites. They're oh, just uh, Elizabeth Cady Stanton and Susan B. Anthony are like the most adorable BFFs ever. And they didn't meet until <laughs> they were in their thirties. So they were they weren't ready yet. <laughs> there's, there's time, ladies. Exactly. So there's a whole bunch of um, suffrage and temperance clubs meeting, like they're. They're forming, they're breaking up, they're joining. It's just like a huge ball of women's clubs. And Elizabeth Cady Stanton writes speeches while Susan B. Anthony travels the country. She's trying to go state by state. At this point, they're trying to get each state to allow women to vote. And they figure after they get enough states, they'll pass a federal amendment. Mm -hmm. Susan gets arrested in 1870. Well, she voted in the 1872 election. She was arrested in couple weeks later and then her trial was in 1873 her trial was a huge spectacle too yes. it's actually quite awesome it's in the notes <laughs> okay good bring it we'll get to that <laughs> um uh, elizabeth katie stanton wrote the women's bible bible which kind of got her like a lot of people didn't like that so she kind of kind of went to the wayside for a bit like everyone wanted to get rid of her and susan was like no she's my best friend ever <laughs> uh, elizabeth katie stanton died no. And then Susan B. Anthony died? No. And then you get uh, Alice Paul and Carrie Chapman Cat. Sweet. Alice arrange, arranges the 1913 Suffrage Parade in Washington, D.C. Uh, they start off parading, and then it's like chaos happens. It's pretty bad. <laughs> they, have the, uh, they start having the silent sentinels at the front gates of the White House. And eventually they get arrested for blocking traffic. And one of those nights is the Night of Terror, where one woman was, let's see, they thought one woman had a heart attack because she was old. Oh. They chained um, Lucy Burns, her, chained her like arms up. So she had her arms up all night. And just, they had like maggots in their food, like all kinds of gross stuff. Yeah, the stuff that they had to go through when they were when they were arrested was force feedings, mm-hmm. all kinds of crazy stuff. There is actually a, one of the prisons you can go tour. It's back east, and I wish I could remember where it was. And Alice Paul Institute sells the pin that's the jail cell mm-hmm. door. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really cool, cool stuff out there that you can go visit back east. Yeah, the the Algonquin Workhouse where they were at is now a uh, art gallery and art studios. Oh, interesting. And I think another part of it is maybe you can tour it. But one part of it is like art They saved one part of it and then they kind of repurposed the other. Yeah, Yeah. I think it was a whole complex. And that could be what I'm thinking of as well if they they run a tour of it. And then we have, they finally, after like the bad publicity of them getting arrested, they finally push for the federal amendment in the House and Senate. Finally goes through. It's getting ratified, and the last date is Tennessee. Tennessee. 
and <laughs> oh, I think that guy's last name is Burns too. He had a letter from his mama <laughs> in his pocket that said that he should vote for suffrage. That's a very and good he boy. Switched, <laughs> he switched sides and surprised everyone, and yay! <laughs> End credits. <laughs> Cue applause. <laughs> so I've got like different little quotes and little stories and stuff to talk about. Perfect. This one is from Elizabeth Cady Stanton. It's in writing, we did better together than either could alone. While she is slow and analytical in composition, I am rapid, rapid and synthetic. I am the better writer, she the better critic. She supplied the facts and statistics, I the philosophy and rhetoric, and together we have made arguments that have stood unshaken by the storms of 30 long years. Yeah. That's a friendship right there. <laughs> and a powerhouse, I would add, too. Because yeah. they're like they're they're like yin and yang, but they're also um, each other's strengths and weaknesses yeah. combined into they one. They balance each other out. Right. They yeah. really do. And they fuel each other like mm. crazy, which is great. <laughs> and then one from Susan is, We little dreamed when we began this contest, optimistic with the hope and buoyancy of youth, that half a century later, we would be compelled to leave the finish of the battle to another generation of women. These strong women will take our place and complete our work. There is an army of them where we were but a handful. You know what I always thought she was really saying in that? The Women's March? Yeah. Or the Women's <laughs> March. And um, we're going to pass this on. Uh, don't fuck it up, ladies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We've done some really hard work. So please mm. do it. Get it done. <laughs> <laughs> and i've got a whole list of like some books and stuff we'll put it on the the notes but one of the most recent books i was reading was a myth of seneca falls oh. and i'm reading it and they're talking about how susan is gathering up like all these documents from suffrages like all the, like meeting agendas posters like all these things so they're writing the history of women's suffrage and there's like five or six volumes of it I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm getting into the book. I'm like, I wonder where, where that's all at. Mm -hmm. Like, that would be really cool. Like, That'd be an ultimate resource, yeah. No. Susan and Ida Husted Harper, like, burnt them in her backyard. Oh. And I was very mad at Susan that day. So sad. I burned most of them. Like, Oh, all that mad. research, all that history. Oh, I know. Like, they worked. were thinking, the author was thinking either... A, it's just that they'd copied everything that they wanted to copy into the book, so they th thought that they didn't need it anymore. Sure. Or that Susan just kind of wanted her to be the authority uh, on everything. It's not far-fetched. Or it could have been just a really bad rage day. <laughs> just like, no! I quit! <laughs> and uh, Woman's Crusade, which is about like Alice Paul and what I would call like, the second half of suffrage... They were talking about, like, I, I knew women went by, like, train to visit states because they were going state mm -hmm. by state, too. This is also the same time when cars are new. Oh. So at one point, they're talking about, um, with the, it's like a new thing to, like, take a road trip. So these women would either buy or get a car donated, and they would, like, travel through, like, half the country. <laughs> and it was, like, a thing. It was like, oh, come see the crazy ladies in the car. <laughs> But what's crazy is that, like, roads weren't really that big of a thing back then. Right. They were dirt or maybe gravel if you were lucky and you had to, like, know how to fix the car. 
mm-hmm. or you had to like gas stations weren't as prevalent too so you yeah. could just run out of gas yeah in the middle of nowhere harriet stanton blanche which is elizabeth katie stanton's daughter i looked it up recently she was born like seven years after seneca falls oh wow. i was like oh what if she was a baby there no. <laughs> oh. she had a meeting with president wilson and she told him i've worked all my life for suffrage and I'm determined that I will never again stand up on the street corners of a great city appealing to every Tom, Dick, and Harry for the right of self-government. Yes. I'm like, to the president. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> she nice. came from amazing stock, though. <laughs> oh, there's, there's, ah. Uh. So Susan and Elizabeth are amazing but there, there's some some shady shit. Well, on there. yeah. Like <laughs> from great power uh, comes great. Oh wait. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it seemed like maybe Elizabeth was a little maybe worse than Stan. Oh. I don't know. They both like they wanted. They met at doing abolition. Yeah. Like they were for, um, at least black folks being free. Right. And I think they both wanted to have the vote, but they just wanted women to have the vote first. Right. Yeah, exactly. And Elizabeth's kind of on record kind of being like, I'll roll over my grave before a black woman or a black man, an uneducated black man wins the vote before I do. Right. She wanted, she was thinking that educated white women wouldn't just like vote better. Right. Than black men, like they would know what they were doing. Sure. Which, I mean, fast forward to today, <laughs> not the issue. Yeah. <laughs> or not the case is more the thing. Yeah. yeah. Not so much. Yeah. No, they were really, really mad about that because they're like, we've been fighting for women's right to vote and they didn't get it before black men got to vote. Mm-hmm. And then that was a lot of, oh, you're going to talk about the trial, aren't you? About yeah. Susan May. All right, there you go. Because she, uh, she tested that one a little bit. <laughs> and I think one thing it's hard to remember historically is um, you can be pro let's end slavery, but we're still so long away from, you know, doing away with segregation. Equal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was researching women's groups um, for my one cool thing, and it talked about how they were all separate. Mm-hmm. You know, there were women's groups for black ladies and for white ladies. And it was very hard not, to get them to. Yeah. yeah, it was still very much separation. Which it was. Is, I mean, nowadays it's like, what? Come on, people. But yeah, right. it's a different time. Yeah. Not saying it's right. Right. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, this one I just found in a dissertation. Oh, I'll link that because I don't remember the lady's name. But supporters of Virginia Brooks. She's a lady in Indiana, I think, up north she was running for a school board election but it says supporters of virginia books a militant suffragette gave a beating to julius lesner who opposed miss brooks election to the presidency of the school board of education of west hammond miss brooks cohorts known as the amazonian guards <laughs> yes lifted lesser high in the air cast him writhing and saying unladylike things into a ditch of muddy water <laughs> Stay there, they shouted, until you can behave. Miss Brooks easily defeated her constituents, receiving 300 votes out of about 500 polled. Wow. Like, lifted him up and threw him into a ditch. (laughs) I'm kind of proud and kind of terrified at the same time. For 300 votes, too. Like, (laughs) Like, she spoke about something, and then he spoke, and I'm like, what did he say? Right, right. (laughs) Like, you know, this is, it was like... It had to have been between, like, 1880 and 1920, 
And I'm like, what? Like, this is proper mm-hmm. young ladies. Like, you piss them off enough, they pick you up and throw right. you in a ditch. It had to be serious. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's, uh, that is incredible. But also, West Hammond, isn't that near Chicago? <laughs> I think it's so real. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, the, you know, the, the corrupt Chicago stories you always hear about. Like, it kind of feels like it fits in a little bit there. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Susan B. Anthony votes in the 1872 election, which is the same election that Victoria Woodhull is running for president. Uh-huh. She did not vote for him. <gasps> oh, sisters gotta stick yeah. up for sisters. <laughs> she didn't vote for him. Oh. She, uh, her plan was to to vote. First, her plan was like to get denied to vote, and then take that like sue some people. That didn't. They they talked to the poor little young man was like running the booth that day <laughs> like a whole bunch of ladies just like ganged up on him <laughs> oh no <laughs> like harassed the guy into letting them vote um no. but she votes and she, she there's a letter that she wrote to elizabeth katie stanton she's like i've gone and done it voted straight the republican ticket <laughs> she's so excited like two weeks later a policeman comes to her door to arrest her and he, I don't know why, but he's like, go, go freshen yourself up. Like, they, they, he like waits in the parlor downstairs. Well, I don't know what she was doing up there. Right. I don't know. But yeah, he comes to her door. They take a, like a trolley. And she makes like a scene. At first she wants handcuffs. She's like, you're arresting me. You need to put me in handcuffs. Like, <laughs> if I'm your prisoner, like, you need to put me in handcuffs. And Gotta he's do like, this properly. He's like, I'm not putting an old lady in handcuffs. <laughs> like, sorry, ma'am. It's not happening. <laughs> but they get on this trolley and she's just, just making more of a scene. She's like, this man will pay my fare. <laughs> she's making a big scene. Because what was it? she was under duress? She, she was gonna say that she was under duress or something like that. <laughs> she's just just making a fuss. She's causing every problem yeah. she can. <laughs> she wants some publicity for this. True. <laughs> um, so they get to the trial, and the judge makes like the biggest mistake of his life, and asks her if she has anything to say. Because <laughs> at first he was like he didn't even really. The trial was pretty pretty lame because he was directing the jury to find her guilty mm-hmm. which is like that that's not how courts work and then he asked her if she had anything he wouldn't let her speak for a long time then finally like at the end he asked her if she has anything to say she says yes your honor i have many things to say <laughs> my every right constitutional civil uh, political and judicial has been trampled upon i have not only had no jury of my peers but i have had no jury at all and he tells him to sit down, Miss Anthony. I cannot allow you to argue that question. <laughs> so I will not sit down. I will not lose my only chance to speak. Yes. You have been tried, Miss Anthony, by the forms of law, and my decision has been rendered by law. Yes, but laws made by men under a government of men, interpreted by men, and for the benefit of men. The only chance women have for justice in this country is to violate the law as I have done, and I shall continue to do. She's sentenced to pay a fine of, like, $100. She know, She's, like, as soon as they tell her that, she's like, I'm not paying that. Right. And she never did. <laughs> I'm not paying that. Exactly. <laughs> Biggest mistake that judge ever made. I know. You do not ask Susan B. Anthony if she has anything to say on her behalf, because she do. 
<laughs> but they, her whole plan was to get, get arrested and tried. A couple things went wrong. The, her judge, I think, sprung her out of jail, and then, like, posted bail, and that messed up something. But then also, she was hoping she could get, what was it? I forget what it was. She wanted to take it to the Supreme Court. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is what she wanted to do, but things didn't happen that way, so she was kind of bummed about that. Mm-hmm. Susan, so while Susan's traveling the country, going um, and promoting suffrage, giving speeches, her sister Mary is at her house, like, running the shop. She's the one that's taking in those donations, doing all the paperwork, making arrangements for everything. When she goes to sign the... Um, her property taxes on their house. She always writes no taxation without representation oh, on her checks. Oh, nice. That was my phone. <laughs> I guess an Etsy order. <laughs> Yay! Okay. Uh, Susan B. Anthony also said women will never be properly recorded in history until they do the work themselves. Ah. The silent sentinels had all these like <gasps> handmade banners mm-hmm. that they made they sewed on these letters like one of them's like kaiser wilson you fight for they're like you're fighting for other people's rights but then you're denying our rights here at home ah i didn't see that one like, but I, okay i know what you're talking about yeah like, the russia banner is apparently like the, the crazy one no. i don't even remember what's on it but i don't think it's the kaiser wilson one. gotcha um but they're they're handmade and they started to police and other men they would like come up and just take their banners mm-hmm. one of them one lady found out who one of the dudes was called him up and was like i want my banner back <laughs> and nice. he was uh like a marine or something and he was like no ma'am i'm not giving you your banner back she's like that banner costs 500 dollars. it's my personal property give me my banner back right and he was like yes ma'am <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> i can't believe like how much like Money and effort went into these giant banners. Yeah. And they got stolen and ripped and burned and trampled on all the time. And they would always just pop up one more. Like, they would sneak them. They would go into um, the Capitol and have them. One lady pretended to be pregnant. Uh-huh. She had it, like, under her dress. And then she just went, <laughs> <laughs> well, bam, bam. So there was no 1800s Kinkos they could just no, pop over No, they to. sewed them. They I make them. Yeah. It was like early ages of the sewing machine, so I don't know if they were hand sewing them all or they figured out the machine. Because I know it was definitely like in factories back then, but I don't know right. if they really had like the personal sewing machine yet. They had a whole team of people making them. Oh, wow. Are They have some of them at the um, the Women's Rights Museum in Seneca Falls. Those things are yeah. gorgeous, though. Yeah. They're really pretty, and they're made out of a variety of different things, like cotton and soaks and stuff like that, but they're... Mm-hmm. They they cared. <laughs> They're really pretty. Say that does not make our posters with sharpies sound classy. <laughs> yeah. It's like the uh, the cross stitch is like this is proof that I can stab something a thousand times. Correct. <laughs> uh-huh. So there's a statue in the Capitol Rotunda that has Elizabeth Cady Stanton, uh, Susan B. Anthony, and Lucretia Mott in it. They're slightly bigger than life-size. They're in a, like, unfinished block of stone to symbolize the the work left to do. Mm-hmm. There's a quote carved into the back. Uh, they'd gotten approval from Congress to have this uh, statue commissioned and put in, but when they finally got it, 
ready, they were like, eh, we don't like it. It's ugly. Oh, And they were kind of like, well, it, it's too heavy. It'll break the floor. Like, we can't have it there. So one day a group of women just showed up with the statue and just put it in the rotunda. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is amazing. They just dropped it off. They're like, here you go. It's <laughs> delivered. It's here. It's great. <laughs> it eventually gets moved down to the basement by the bathrooms for years. And eventually they move it back upstairs. Congressman Carolyn Maloney of New York says it took 72 years for a woman to get the right to vote and 76 years to get the statue moved. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> they said the statue was too ugly to stand in the rotunda. Have you looked at Abraham Lincoln lately? <laughs> he wasn't placed in the rotunda because of his great looks and neither were these women. They were placed here because of their accomplishments. I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Isn't that that's all my goodies <laughs> so far. Uh, a couple of the great like resources I've had are uh, Women's Crusade by Mary Watson. It's about uh, Alice Paul in like, the later half of suffrage. Uh, Myth of Seneca Falls by Lisa... I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. <laughs> T-E-R-T-A-U-L-T. And, and we'll put it in show notes too, yes. yeah. <laughs> that's um, mostly um, Susan B. Anthony, Elizabeth Cady Stanton... Kind of how that got going. Hers is more about like how um, Elizabeth Cady Stanton and Susan B. Anthony kind of fabricated the Seneca Falls being like the first thing. Because like the Grimke sisters, sisters were going and doing uh, talks about, right. and Lucretia Mott was too. But they were kind of like trying to like, I don't know what you would call it. They were trying to get some like, patriotism going for women's mm. suffrage like they had to like develop this mythology of this this great wonderful thing to be larger than life sort of yeah. thing yeah true <laughs> so i mean it happened but i think they were trying to make it sound like it was way more awesome than it was right got <laughs> african-american women and the struggle for the vote 1850 to 1920 which was like my favorite thing when i was reading that they're like what's what's the latest book you've read and i'm like that and they were like oh <laughs> like my hermione granger moment just a little right light reading. <laughs> just a little light reading <laughs> uh the women's hour by elaine hess which is pretty much like the last few days in tennessee ah. uh, oh getting that last stage for the ratification yeah, of which the... was nuts like it was yeah. a dry either dry state or dry county and they had like a, a hotel across the street where all the like representatives were and they were like sneaking in whiskey and girls like <laughs> It was nuts. <laughs> I've heard that it's going to be turned into a, like a TV movie or something. Ooh. So be on the lookout for that. Yeah. Well, that'd be cool. Nashville does have the suffragette monument there right yes. next to the Parthenon. Yes. That's and my next road trip. Yeah. We it's went, pretty cool. I We went and saw it when it wasn't complete yet. They had the mm-hmm. statue up and some of the informational signs, mm-hmm. but they hadn't completed all the groundwork on it. You can check the Instagram account and have some pictures of that. Um, so, yeah, definitely definitely needs to be a road trip yes. down to see the completed site. Yeah, because I figured I was going to look and see if there was stuff at the courthouse, because surely they would have something there. You would think, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Roses and Radicals uh, by Susan Zimmett. I did, I did the audiobook, and I was like, I was on a road trip to go to Seneca Falls, because I was like, okay, audiobook. That'll be like 10 or 15 hours. It was like two hours. Oh. So it's like a quick <laughs> overview. 
So but it was a quick good. audiobook. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Iron Jawed Angels, which is a movie with uh, Alice Paul and the Suffrage Parade and the Force Feedings. And uh, PBS has a documentary video, the Not Ourselves Alone, that covers Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth yes. Cady Stanton. That's a very good one. I did see that one. <laughs> I was crying. Like Elizabeth died and they had a photo of Susan on her coffin. I'm like, balling. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and the quotes of I'm like quoting along with it. I was like, ah. <laughs> Exactly. Seneca Falls is a great road trip. Yes. I've done that a couple times and it's a good, and even you can stop in Rochester has a lot mm-hmm. of cool stuff in it too. Seneca Falls, Auburn, New York has uh Harriet Tubman's house mm. in her grave. Yeah, New York, upstate New York is great for women's history. There's the Lucy Desi Museum in Jamestown, which you can kind of hit on the way to a lot of that stuff. Yeah, no, we we took that trip and it was tons of fun. Uh, yeah, and the 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 workhouse I was thinking of was the Lorton Workhouse uh, in Lorton, uh, Virginia. That may have been the first one because they didn't take them to Algonquin workhouse at first so that may have been where they were taking them first some more research needs to be done i guess yes. exactly we also visited um there's susan b anthony's house in rochester new york yes. there's also her gravesite um in rochester where especially during election season everybody brings their i voted sticker and puts it on um also susan b is buried in the same um cemetery as frederick Douglass as mm-hmm. well so we stopped by both and paid our little tributes not as many I voted stickers on Frederick Douglass's grave. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was a big proponent for suffrage, too. Absolutely, yeah. And I think that's really one of the the tough parts when you hear about all of it. You brought it up earlier, was the that fight between equal rights and voting rights and getting all of that together and then the schisms it caused. That mm. I think that really, I don't know if it, it kind of distracted, I think, the the mm-hmm. cause for a little while because everybody was in their separate camps mm-hmm. fighting over what should be and what shouldn't be. And there was just like a lot to fix all at once. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, th- it was definitely <laughs> so a broken everybody's society. Voice was like important and yeah. it all needed to happen. But they're all like, but me first. And mm-hmm. so <laughs> there and was then you that. had temperance mixed in with. Oh, that, yeah. Had the temperance movement. Yeah. So which. <laughs> You know, in my mind, temperance always, it always makes me wonder if in the end it was a good thing that it happened and then eventually got repealed. Because if you think of in the United States, it is a lot better when it comes to alcoholism and stuff like that yeah. than it used to be. And I I, I wonder if it's even, because if you think of in the United States, you know, having one or two beers is a lot most of the time, like on a weeknight. But sure. in Europe, four or five beers is what they have on a weeknight. So mm-hmm. it's like, I wonder if that helped our society as a whole in the end. It, it's something that... It's an ongoing mm-hmm. question. Yeah. 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 I know a lot of the ladies who were fighting with temperance were kind of seeing it as a way into women's rights. Because when mm-hmm. it came to temperance, if their husband was a drunkard, uh, they couldn't own property, so they couldn't buy their own house. They couldn't really divorce their husband, and they couldn't have property or they couldn't have um, custody of their own children mm-hmm. to get away from a drunkard who was ruining their lives and livelihood. So they had nowhere to go. Yeah. So a lot of the women that would go into the suffrage movement were first in temperance because they're like, dude, this is ruining my life. 
if we fix this, my life will be better. Mm. Not seeing, oh, wait a minute, I could vote? (laughs) I could own property? (laughs) When I started my research um, with the idea of doing women's groups, because I thought what's more powerful and historical than all of us working together to Mm -hmm. change our lives and make a difference and make a difference in other people's lives, um, I was kind of reading the history of it and of course the very first groups of women working together were usually based in a church yeah mm-hmm. a religious group of women um but then during this time they started meeting in groups that were s- they were supposed to be like literature circles or literature groups <laughs> right but as the women got together they started also talking about what they could do to improve their situation but also improve the situation as a whole so i know a lot of groups focused on um you know child labor let's make laws let's end that so a lot of these groups just had that moral focus because they were like you know it's time to use our voices to speak up and improve society because nobody's doing anything about these things right exactly they're the things that matter every day yeah well that wraps it up for us my goodness but stay tuned because next week we're going to have another one cool thing for women's history month because it continues on the gal's guide to the galaxy podcast for show notes, links, and images from this week's show, visit galsguide.org. Want exclusive stuff like deleted bits and major bloopers? Become a Gals Guide patron today. Thanks for listening.